We have three different scripture readings today. Our first comes from the Song of Solomon. The voice of my beloved, look, he comes, leaping upon the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing in at the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, and the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom, and give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Our next scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, verse 16, chapter 11. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet, wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And further on in chapter 11, verse 25, at that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and you have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thus ends the reading. Friends, I invite you this morning to take a breath with me. Feel the air enter your body and leave it. If you would like, I want you to imagine your favorite tree. Can you see it in your mind? Maybe it is the tree in your yard right now or at a park you go to. Maybe, like me, you are imagining the tree from your childhood home. I'm inviting you to sit under this imagined tree for a moment today. Let it cover you with its shade, 
or feel the dappled sunlight filtering through. Let its presence fill you with quiet or with birdsong. Do you remember how that tree got there? Did you plant it? Or someone you love place it tenderly in the ground? Or maybe your favorite tree, the one you are holding in your mind, was planted long before you. And you now enjoy the fruits of another person's hands or a squirrel's scattered treasure. Today, I want to reflect on reciprocity and the exchange of wisdom and love that we see in the scripture verses. Since it is summer and so much is in bloom, I couldn't help but think about one of the best teachers I know of reciprocity, our trees. They give us shade and firewood, their fallen leaves provide nutrients for healthy soil, our trees take in carbon dioxide and release oxygen, cleaning our air. They provide shelter to animals, fruits and nuts, and in exchange, their seeds are spread, furthering their lineage. I want to share two stories about trees today. The first is about the mast fruiting of trees. The second is about an old growth forest in my home state of Wisconsin. I first learned of the idea of mast fruiting from the botanist and author Robin Wall Kimmerer in her book, Braiding Sweetgrass. In this book, Wall Kimmerer, an enrolled member of the citizen Potawatomi Nation, writes about indigenous wisdom and what plants can teach us. Mast fruiting is the phenomenon in which plants produce an abundance of fruits and seeds. What makes mast fruiting so fascinating is that individual plants and trees do not produce this abundance on their own individual schedules. Rather, mast fruiting occurs not only in one grove or forest, but across entire regions and country. While Kimmerer sums this act up nicely, she says, quote, the trees act not as individuals, somehow as a collective. Exactly how they do this, we do not yet know. But what we see is the power of unity. What happens to one happens to us all. We can starve together or feast together. All flourishing is mutual." End quote. Among many theories on why and how mast fruiting occurs, while Kimmerer brings our attention to the power of both breeze and fungi to communicate messages between trees and plants. When under stress, plants will release pheromones that send out warning calls to plants around them, letting them know that danger is near, whether it's drought or disease. In response, the trees that hear this message are able to store more water or create protective chemicals to ward off these threats. Underneath the ground, fungal networks carry messages between plants, exchanging minerals for carbohydrates. Acting as a communication platform for the trees to talk with each other. Wal Kimmerer writes of the network as, quote, a web of reciprocity, 
of giving and taking. In other words, trees know that what happens to one individual tree happens to all trees. If one is burdened or sick, the same fate could affect the entire grove. If one decides that this year will be a bumper crop, they all produce a bumper crop. It is built into their systems to communicate so as to survive together as a grove and as a species. In our world today, many of us live so separated from the natural environment. We think of it as something to control instead of something to learn from. We don't think trees have lessons to teach us. We are also told messages of hyper-individualism and going our own way. The atrocities of colonialism, white supremacy, and genocide in this country and globally have often painted a story that in order to have more, someone must have less. In order to succeed, someone must fail. To put it plainly, we are often told that flourishing is not mutual. There are the haves and the have-nots. So what does our scripture make of this? My friend in divinity school, Courtney, who is also preaching today in New Britain on this very passage, pointed out to me that the gospel scripture for today is full of reversals. People are not acting as they should. The scripture reading opens with the lines, but to what will I compare this generation? Jesus is witnessing how people are beginning to turn away from the good news brought forth by himself and John the Baptist. When occasions arise for songs, there is no singing. When occasions arise for mourning, there is no wailing. This generation has forgotten how to be together. Yet, it is written, wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Wisdom reverses who she will reveal herself to. In the scripture, we see that God reveals all things to the infants and hides them from those who consider themselves wise and intelligent, who may believe that they have more to teach than to learn. Wisdom is also revealed through kinship, father to son, son to father, an exchange that is based on relationality, just like those trees. Our scripture points to the strong bond between God, Jesus, and creation, one that continually provides. What I find so powerful about this text is what happens next. Before Jesus does anything else, he calls on us, the reader and listener, come. Gather near, set down your burdens, and I will give you rest. Take a breath, his words seem to say. Let me hold you. Wisdom and love passed through bonds of kinship. Come and be known. Come and be loved. Come and rest in community. Tell me if we should be singing or if we should be wailing. Again, I hear the words from Wal Kimmerer, all flourishing is mutual. 
Your brokenness and wounds are mine as well. Your abundance is our abundance. But Jesus goes further. Rest is essential, this seems to say, but so is gathering back together again, moving forward with the knowledge that we are connected. He says, take up my yoke and learn. Tie yourself to me. Remember that you are a student. Again, we see a reversal of expectation, a yoke, the large wooden cross used to keep animals together to pull plows or carts would be expected to be heavy and cumbersome. Yet, this is not the case. This yoke is easy, this burden light. What I appreciate about these words is that we are first called into physical rest and then into spiritual rest. This spiritual rest comes from knowing that we are connected, that we don't have to journey alone. In these words is also a call of responsibility. Take up my yoke. This journey will require action and for all of us being in relationship together, learning from one another. This brings me to my second story, the old growth forest on the Menominee Reservation in Wisconsin. There, the Menominee tribe has been sustainably logging forest for over 150 years on that specific patch of land. Tribal loggers cut down trees that are sick or dying or harvest ones that have already naturally fallen. In doing so, there are now more trees on that acreage than there were before, with some trees in the Menominee Forest over 200 years old. Onlookers have deemed this the giving forest. Like other tribal forests, the Menominee steward trees that are more resilient to climate change and offer more biodiversity and general health than trees that are managed on non-tribal lands. This example calls on us to consider what we think as the right way to do something. It asks us to reverse the expectations of success and abundance that are deeply entrenched in our society. Learn from the forest, treat it well, and it will thrive for generations. The work of Robin Wall Kimmerer and the Menominee tribe calls on us to reckon with the United States history and how so many relationships to the land were broken when white settlers first came to what is now the United States. The spread of Christianity was often a driver of stolen land, forced removal, and assimilation. And through these acts of violence, language, culture, family, and life were lost for indigenous peoples of this place. Today, I want to center the words and work of indigenous communities because as a Christian community, we have so much work to do in order to make, the, make right the wrongs of these past and present injustices. As a collective, we've lost the ability to learn closely from the original stewards of this land. But if we live with the intention to give more than we take, to be students more than teachers, 
to look for the lessons from our natural world, maybe we can find our way back. This scripture and these stories tell us when injustice occurs, let there be grieving and action. When justice occurs, let there be songs of celebration. They tell us we were called upon to be students, to be on this journey together. So I want to end by considering the Song of Solomon, our first scripture for today, as it provides a way to see the scripture of Matthew in a new light. The Song of Solomon portrays love as egalitarian. It asks us, who is your beloved? What I notice in this scripture is that the beloved stands like a gazelle, a young stag, gazing into the window where the speaker sits. I imagine this beloved outside, maybe among the trees, inviting the speaker to come out into the world. This song sings of a beloved in motion, a beloved on the move, leaping, bounding, a beloved that recognizes the winter and rain. The times of heaviness, of despair, are not bypassed. Instead, they are held alongside spring. How can we cultivate a love for the earth and its people like this? When winter comes, a time of huddling together. When flowers bloom, a time of singing. Both the scripture from Matthew and the Song of Solomon asks us to come. Like our favorite tree, God's words call us, come if you are weary and rest. To arise, my love, and come away. However you are, wherever you are, come. Come to name the wrongdoings, the reconciliations, the time it took to learn. Come and feel the breeze and hear the dancing of the leaves above. Come, take up the yoke of being tied together as kin, as students of this world. Come, sit with me under this tree. Let the earth hold both of us and let us know deep in our hearts that we can rest here, that we can flourish here. Amen. Mm -hmm.